Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Alright, let me go ahead and get this turned down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double. You're now tuned in to episode 163 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Uh, sorry for the wait. Really wasn't a wait. <clears throat> I did an episode of Champagne Sharks and that dropped. I told y'all about that a couple weeks ago. That dropped. Um, part one dropped, and then part two is up on the Champagne Sharks Patreon page. You can become a subscriber for $5 a month. So you can listen to the second half of that uh, conversation that I had with the shark. Um, so hopefully you guys enjoyed that first episode, uh, that part one episode of it. Um, and now I'm back here and I'll be back weekly for the rest of the year to uh, hit y'all with that new new. And then, uh, like I said, I'm working on some smaller episodes to kind of bridge the gap between weekly episodes. So, so stay tuned for that. That's still in the works. I'm trying to get like some sound effects and some different things like that. So I'm really brainstorming. Y'all know how... <clears throat> excuse me how structured my show is um so i really try to treat it like a uh, upscale production like i'm just doing like a regular ass you know radio show right so it's not just me just freestyling it and things like that i don't want to just hit you with you know like 10 minutes of me just just rambling and not having any kind of structured or putting a battery in your back giving you that inspiration all right so just be patient with me on that also have to uh shout out the homie james and uh shout out to bruce they uh had started a new podcast called the uh, super regular podcast um so make sure y'all check that out i will have the link in the bio i love to see brothers in black omaha you know just branch out start their own media um entity because we do need more podcasters more radio shows more youtube channels and things of that sort so if you uh somebody in black omaha or just in omaha in general and you all about pushing the culture forward uh make sure you shoot me an email at doragsandboatshoes at gmail.com so i can shout you out to my few hundred uh listeners like i said the episodes um now the podcast is really doing some great numbers with the downloads and things like that you know like i said every episode is you know it just fluctuates between like 150 to like 500 downloads i don't even know what the streaming numbers are um and also a reminder that we are up on spotify now so go ahead and check me out on spotify if y'all got that popping we also on stitcher um soundcloud and uh, apple Podcasts, and then there's some other like uh, uh podcast fm sites uh that i am on so all you got to do it's just google do rags and boat shoes and i'm the first thing that pops up and that's pretty much a good feeling i remember when i started this podcast three years ago and i did like my first three episodes you know i and i googled it and my shit was on like page like fucking like i don't know like 
16, 17 or something like that. Only thing that would just pop up is if like tweets when people had them two words in a tweet or something like that. But now uh, when you type it in, you know, the SoundCloud pops up, the Apple podcast pops up and then a whole bunch of other uh, FM uh, podcast stations pop up. All right. And then also always make sure you check out the website podcastandcolor.com. Um ran by the homegirl Barry and uh she does her thing and it's just a list of uh just black podcasts and other um folks too uh other uh folks of color non-white folks um who have podcasts and so you can just find something that will fit your needs because you know black folks are not a monolith and uh so she has it broken down into different categories and things of that sort so make sure you check out podcastandcolor.com all right um updates on me not too much going on man i just bought a truck um i guess i could talk about that for a little bit just uh copped a 2019 chevy colorado felt good to you know buy a new whip to drive it off the lot you know with no miles that really felt good and uh you know the past couple years you know just been working on my credit you know getting my credit cards paid down and on time and getting all that negative shit off my credit report you know so i could have a healthy interest rate and things of that sort so uh yeah shout out to the good folks over there at h and h chevrolet but man let me tell y'all something so i bought the truck um back in uh, august the last week of august right so my tag so you got 30 days to get your plates so last week man last friday i go to the dmv so first off they just built a new uh dmv uh pretty close to my house up in uh what is that off of uh about 58th and ames or whatever uh by the old bowling alley um up there by the planet fitness so I go up there, I'm thinking, I'm like, shit, ain't nobody up here, cool. I walk in that motherfucker, the lady is like, damn, I said motherfucker. I, 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 I made a bet with my wife that I wouldn't cuss on this episode, but I already lost that, so it's all good. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so I walk in there, and the lady is like, yo, can I help you? Because I wasn't filling out no paperwork, and then I just had, you know, my... Uh, my uh my my forms and shit like that for my for my truck and i'm you know getting ready to fucking drop almost three grand on some plates so fuck the state of nebraska just on that because that's ridiculous just ridiculous you pay almost 10 percent of what you pay for the vehicle for your first year plates which is disgusting but anyways um so the lady's like can i help you and i'm like yo i'm here to get my plates uh, my license plate she was like oh no only thing we do at this location is driver's license uh you know renewals and the test and things of that sort so i'm like man what the fuck so i don't know how it is in other um states but here it's always been you know the dmv is where you get your license and then it's where you get your title uh where you get your license plates where you do your driver's test and shit like that it's all in one spot but now the county is just like oh well let's just fucking divide it up so i had to go back down to north 30th right so this is all before work on a friday so i go down to north 30th and north 30th is infamous for rude ass people down there right so i go down there it's only like two people ahead of me i beat the rush by the skin of my teeth and so i'm in line waiting brother's like oh, i can help you out over here so i hand him my envelope with all my paperwork in it because i'm financing my car so you know they give you that big ass envelope with like a million fucking papers inside so i just hand him the envelope and he gonna slide it back to me can you take out the papers 
I'm like, what kind of fucking power move is this? So I take out all the papers and I just slide them shits over to them aggressively. And uh, that shit pissed me off. They always have a fucking attitude there. Always. It's just never like that at the other DMV locations. It's just like, why do, why is it when you go to places in majority black areas, when it's like a county office or some shit like that, you know, or like a doctor's office, they always have to be rude as fuck with you. It's just like black folks deserve better. And this was a brother here and the whole, most of the staff there is black folks, but they always just rude as fuck. But anyways, so I slide him the paperwork. I just, you know, slide it up under there. So he starts punching in some information. He's like, oh, we ain't got your title yet down here. I'm like, what? I'm like, I done bought this truck like two weeks ago. And uh, they still ain't got the paperwork. So he's like, yeah, you're going to have to call your dealership and, uh, you know, see if they sent the title over. So I got about seven people behind me. So I don't want to hold up the lines because I know most of these folks, you know, they most of these folks was in uniform just like me looking like they, you know, trying to hurry up and get to work. So I ain't going to be no hater like that. So I get out of line. I call my dealership and I'm like, yo, they said they don't have the title, blah, blah, blah. So what was Friday the 12th? And so, um, and so the, the guy was telling me in line, I left out this part, he was like, and it takes about three days, he said 48 to 72 hours uh, for us to put it in the system. And I'm like, okay. So I go outside and I call and the dealership lady, she's like, oh yeah, we sent that on the 9th. The 9th was a Monday. It's fucking Friday. So I go back in there. I'm like, yo, they said they sent it on the 9th. And he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, we, we running kind of behind on that. And I'm just like, what the fuck? So this morning, so then I just go and take my ass on to work because I want to, you know, hurry and get my place because I don't want any smoke with these fucking uh, police in this city. I just I don't want any of them fucking problems. Right. So anyways, now just today, this morning, it's fucking Tuesday, the 17th. So I, I call this time and I just because I don't want to just go down there and waste my fucking time. So I call and I get a lady on the phone and I give her my VIN number for my truck. And I'm like, yo, um, yeah, hey, this is my VIN number. I need to see if my title's down here so I can purchase my license plate. Lady's like, no, we still don't have it. And I'm like, yo, they sent it on the 9th. How far behind are y'all? And then she was just like, well, we can, you can try calling us tomorrow or by the end of the week we should have. And I'm just like, yo, what the fuck? So I made this status on Facebook talking about it. And I got a, a few comments, a bunch of comments. And I got a couple of... Um, uh, a couple of uh, uh, like messages too, like IMs or DMs, I should say, from people telling me because uh, I have a homegirl who works for a car dealership, and she says that's pretty much all the calls she received the majority of the day. Probably about eighty percent of her calls is you guys didn't send down the title, and then and it's always like, yeah, we already sent it down. They just be running far behind there at the title office or whatever. They got like a whole department um, dedicated to you know processing titles and putting them in the system or whatever but i'm like what the fuck are they doing down there but the couple of dms i got it was people telling me that yeah it, it took over 30 days so i had to go back to the dealership and they had to uh, actually give me some templates so it's like these nebraska uh dealer plates they're like black and white you know because they're so fucking far behind and so here i am sitting with all this money you know in my checking account just like okay like what the fuck am i supposed to do now it's just like you know it's just sitting there and then i'm like i really don't want to have to go back to the dealership and get some fucking templates and be riding on some templates and then just get fucking harassed because i live on the, i live down north you know northeast side of the city so 
that is frustrating to me that I'm willingly about to give you almost $3,000, you know what I'm saying, and you ain't trying to take it, you know what I'm saying, it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, I don't want to be harassed by the by the police, I just want to hurry up and get my shit and be legit out here rolling, even though I am legit because I'm still on my in transits, but I don't want to be out here with fucking templates and being harassed and all this other shit, you know, from five volts, so I'm just trying to figure out, you know, why are you taking so fucking long to get this shit processed before all other cars I bought before, you know what I'm saying, even the ones I financed, them shits be down there within like a, a week, so I don't know what the fuck they got going on down there, but I'm tired of wasting my fucking tax dollars, I'm sounding like a white man right now, I'm tired of wasting my fucking tax dollars on incompetent people, I need to speak to a fucking manager, I'll tell you that right now, alright, so anyways, uh, let's go ahead and get started on that good old summer damn jam screen, no, excuse me, um, did you see this article about that new book about Harvey Weinstein that popped up on the New York uh, Times website. It came out uh, just last week, uh, early last week, and uh, most folks ain't really talking about it too much. And it's and it's it's uh, to me it's fascinating because uh, this article talks about how um, Gloria Allred and her daughter, um, give me just a second here, Lisa Bloom, actually worked for uh harvey weinstein that's what's crazy to me and how they were actually trying to help him they were gloria already was helping him you know with uh settlements and uh dishing out hush money to women who were pissed off uh you know who were violated by harvey weinstein that's crazy right because gloria already was going so hard in the paint against uh you know uh bill cosby just going hard in the fucking paint and then lisa bloom was even fucking worse and uh let's see here she was working behind the scenes with weinstein at a um at a rate of 895 dollars an hour to um basically like uh to try to like uh kill out journalists investigations and uh kind of throw his accusers off balance you know what i'm saying um and then she was offering um kind of like some evidence against rose mcgowan you know and wanted to uh portray her as um somewhat like um well, let me let me just read what the memo said. It said, I feel equipped to help you against the roses of the world because I have represented so many of them. Uh, we can place an article regarding her becoming an increasingly unglued so that when someone Googles her, this is what pops up and she's discredited. Now, these women went so hard in the paint against the Bill Cosby's and the fucking R. Kelly's of the world, right? Of the black men and people and i just kind of fell back a little bit i fell back because it was one of those situations where like the whole bill cosby thing like i don't fuck with bill cosby because of the whole pound cake speech and i don't like when black folks have a um when they make it up out the mud you know what i'm saying and they you know get some shiny new boots and shit you mean they get some money and all this other shit and then they look back and start shitting on people you know poor black folks i hate that with a passion I hate it with a passion. I hate it when rich black folks want to look down their nose at poor black folks because we're all in the same struggle. 
And if you shake that family tree, there's a bunch of poor folks that's gonna fucking fall out of that damn tree. I hate that with a passion. So when all those allegations against Bill Cosby came out and he was looking around like, damn, ain't nobody supporting me, it's one of those things where you're just like, yo, fuck you, Bill. You went on this whole tour wagging your fingers at black folks, talking about, uh, you know, black men gonna get, black boys gonna get shot for stealing pound cake and all this other silly, goofy shit without recognizing the system of racism, white supremacy. And then as far as the R. Kelly situation, I mean, that nigga just did that shit. Like, that nigga dropped a whole video and all this other shit. And I talked about how his sister, his older sister, abused him. And he learned that, you know, that was his first real sexual experience being turned out by his own sister. So he's repeating that, 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 um he's repeating that scenario but this time he's the one in power and he's doing it to young girls because he's trying to uh regain that first uh feeling that excitement uh that um that turn on whatever it is that triggered him you know that he's trying to regain that feeling sort of like a like a crackhead or a meth head how you get addicted to drugs and you're trying to regain that first feeling when you hit that pipe or suck that glass dick so that's the same thing that he's doing so he did that shit so i fell back uh, the only problem that I had was with the Me Too movement was it seemed like they just kept pushing them brothers to the forefront and then all this these other accusers they kind of just kind of fell back to the wayside and then with this new book coming out and showing just how all red and bloom was working with weinstein it's just like yo what the fuck you don't give a fuck about your fellow women you want to be out here being this whole huge advocate uh for uh, victims of rape and sexual abuse only if it lines your fucking pockets you know what i'm saying and if you put a black man as the face of a movement of some kind of you know as the black boogeyman then all them donations and that money comes just strolling in right and we already read about how some of those accusers were lying against bill cosby and admitted that they lied you know what i'm saying just to try to get back in the limelight what's that old model's name i forgot her name she looked like uh caitlin jenner um, I forgot her name, but she admittedly, she admitted that she lied on the stand, you know, under, uh, during the investigation. So it's just fascinating to me because you've seen so many people saying that, like you had the, uh, first them movement to, you know, go, you know, to push them, uh, white perpetrators back into the forefront with R. Kelly and Bill Cosby, not in front of, but with them, you know, it's just, it was a movement of y'all need to keep this whole y'all need to keep the same energy for white accusers i mean for um white uh perpetrators you know what i'm saying and they just kept on pushing r kelly to the front and bill cosby and bill cosby probably gonna fucking die in prison but the thing is it's just fascinating to me to see in this book just how in these excerpts that the new york times is running is just how these women just are just fucking snakes just sharks in the water just sharks in the water looking for blood it is but people been saying that you know when you look click on that first them hashtag and you look around um you just saw people were saying that like why are you just pushing them to the forefront keep that same energy you know with these other accusers with the harvey weinstein the jeffrey epstein's you know what i'm saying just keep that same fucking energy you know we have no problem you know joining in with this me too movement but it just looked like okay let's make this a black boogeyman so we can start cashing out you know what i'm saying because if you put a black face 
as the boogeyman for some kind of organization, you know, that an organization is fighting against, then all of a sudden you, you start getting money from the right and from the left. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's, it's so fucking disgusting. And I came across, uh, and moving on, moving on, I came across a um, blog that said, it's time to question white parenting and nurturing skills. And it was by this lady named Marley Kay. It's a blog post up on Medium. Very well written, though. And I just found it fascinating, uh, this whole article. So it was just basically talking about the mass killings, you know, by young white men. And then this renewal that we're seeing of this overt um, white nationalism, white extremism, white supremacy, uh, just what we're seeing right now. And how come we're not trying to study the parents of these uh, of these killers, of these uh, white supremacists, extremists, uh, nationalists? And how come, uh, you know, just why why we aren't studying the parents and how and what is going on in these white households right now? And that's the guy's honest truth. Every time one of these mass killings happens, you see it on the left so tough. They're always talking about fucking gun control and we need to be talking about racism, white supremacy. And how are these kids just brewing? Like, how is this? How is this evil just brewing on some of these these young kids? Like, how are they getting indoctrinated into this uh, religion of white supremacy? Because at the end of the day, that's all it is, is a damn religion. Like, who are raising these little demons? You know what I'm saying? So we, we with the gang culture and shit like that remember that back in the late 80s and through the mid through all all through the 90s it was like where are the dads at and uh where are the moms and all this other shit but now we're seeing this in reverse with these mass killings and shit like that and it just talks about oh we need gun control and then the right is arguing about why we don't why gun control is why the gun laws now are fine but nobody's talking about racism, white supremacy, because on the right and the left, I feel like a majority of those people who's making those arguments, they they look through the manifestos and they be like, oh, he has a point. That's what I honestly believe. That's that's what's happening. You know, when you see these so-called uh, social critics, um, these so-called critical thinkers, you know, on the right and the left, yeah, and so many of them, they will repost, tweet tweet out and i've said this many a times and post on social media video of a black woman getting the shit beat out of her by a cop um or a black man dying in the streets at the hand of hands of a, a police officer but they won't um share uh, a mass shooter's uh picture facebook profile or his manifesto and he tells you and all these manifestos they tell you exactly how they feel and what they think you know, it's too many Mexicans coming into the country. It's too many black men fucking our women. It's the same narrative. That's it. That's it. It's the same thing. And I believe a lot of these people on the right and the left, they look at this and just be like, oh, yeah, I, I agree. But not to the extreme where you need to kill people. And that's just how it festers and grows. And I've seen a great meme that was talking about how... Um, how white supremacy is kind of Trojan horse inside, um, you know, to the uh, white youth, like via um, like YouTube channels and shit like that, and those gamer pages, you know, it's it's 
it says uh it's like funny edginess that's the trojan horse but inside is literal nazism then it got like got like a guy standing in front of a big gate and it says uh totally apolitical web stars and then it, the inside of the castle is mentally fragile young men and politically confused people and that's how a lot a lot of these uh young boys are getting indoctrinated you know on the ps4 you know the playstation network you know or the microsoft um you know game rooms and shit like that you know playing online i mean how many times especially nba 2k20 just came out so brothers how many times have you been online just playing the games and you had to mute it because you playing in a in a room or you you having a match with a fucking 11 year old bigot you know they saying some shit like oh you play like a nigger you smell like a nigger you sound like a nigger you know what i'm saying it's it's some crazy shit i remember back on the ps3 when i was uh playing call of duty black ops and it was just it the kid sounded like he was about eight or nine years old and that's all he was just he's like oh i just died like a nigger in the street and i'm like what the fuck did you say oh you must be a nigger too and you know just that's it and i'm like you're this fucking young like where do you learn this shit from and it just boils down you have to look at the parents you really do so there needs to be some sort of federal study on white supremacy it needs to happen but the problem is the federal government is infiltrate has been infiltrated by white supremacists you know it's or with uh white supremacist empathizers or collaborative collaborators of white supremacists you know what i'm saying cows as i call them or some people call them coons you know what i'm saying so it's just one of those situations where you're just like what the fuck and every time a mass shooting happens you know i don't want black folks to jump in on this whole gun debate because you you do need a pistol you do need a sidearm you do need a shotgun or something to protect your home and yourself because you just never know who's going to try to run up in your house on some home invasion shit or you know some of these militia folks start losing their fucking minds and thinking they gonna start airing shit out you know i would recommend you get your uh, ccw you know you can still carry a permit if, if your city and i mean if your state or county allows it you really do so don't be in here hopping on that yeah we need to ban all firearms and blah blah, blah. don't don't be taking them liberal white talking points because i know some very very liberal uh white folks who have an ammunition in their closet a full-on stock got a shotgun a rifle and a few sidearms okay so i mean they some of the most liberal people that you want to meet but they they got a closet full of them click clacks you know what i'm saying so don't fall for that okie doke please don't fall for that okie doke you know shit get real you know it's just like i was watching um the remake of death wish I think that's it, the Charles Bronson movie, but the remake with um, uh, with fucking Bruce Willis, and he's in the city of Chicago, like just shooting up thugs and shit like that. And I'm not saying thugs in terms of like he's shooting and killing black folks. It's like whites, Mexicans, like they did a decent job of like making the 
excuse me, I don't know why I got these sniffles, but um, I changed out my furnace filter. But anyways, so they did a good job of like making it like a rainbow coalition of bad guys, right? So he just ain't this white dude out here blowing the brains out of like black dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like them old action movies from the late 80s to the mid 90s and shit. Um, and so he's in there and they, he says something very profound. And I'll, it, this is not verbatim, but he was talking about the police don't actually stop crimes they only they only show up after the crime has been committed so what do you do when you're in you know in a, when you're in a crime element you know when you're in a situation a violent crime is about to happen you need to protect yourself and that's the god's honest truth you know somebody kicking your door and about to blow your shit smooth away you can't call the cops right then and there you know what i'm saying you got a better chance whipping out your pistol you hear somebody kicking the door you go down firing you know what i'm saying you go downstairs bang 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 you know two in the chest one in the head you know what i'm saying just in that situation right then and there ain't no leg shots nothing you need to stop the threat immediately you know what i'm saying so uh, i don't want black folks to get kind of caught up in that i see a lot of times online we be kind of co-signing some whole long ass liberal thread about you know um banning uh guns and shit like that and deeper background checks and i agree on the background check thing but there's just no telling when a white man is going to snap so you need to look at his whole ass family that's what you really need to look at so, but going back to my original point black folks stay strapped and then i'm going to post the link to this medium article uh this blog and i really want y'all to read it because it's very good it's only like a about an eight minute read it ain't too bad at all you know you can read it while you're taking a shit or something like that so go ahead and peep that out um let's see what else we got going on on that good old summer damn jam screen all right we talked about lisa boom we talked about white parenting and staying strapped <clears throat> um let's see here there's some uh fall activities going on uh, as far as uh, what's going on in Omaha, uh, the Parks and Rec uh, Department. So let's see here. Um, at the Hummel Nature Center on the 27th, you got the Owl Prowl. Um, and that's just an all ages event, you know, with like crafts, hikes, outdoor games, and owls. Um, Harvest Party, October 10th. That's at the uh, Sherman Center down there on North 16th. Um, so you can join the Sherman Center and then also Sherman Elementary for their. Uh, annual harvest party the school will serve uh, a meal and then you head to the sherman center they're gonna have like ice cream music some activities and garden produce to give away and it's free all right and then you got uh at the mockingbirds hills uh community center on 102nd and mockingbird drive uh october 11th uh, from seven to nine uh it's like a dollar per person you can come out and swim must be in appropriate swim attire so you can't just show up in basketball shorts and a, and a white beater don't do that um let's see what else you got uh also october 11th and the 18th from six to eight at the hummel nature center uh there's another event of hiking campfires um you're gonna make some s'mores and then you can you have to rsvp online on that's free uh let's see here october 18th at the Mockingbird Center again, Mockingbird Hills out there on 102nd and Mockingbird. They're going to have a therapeutic recreation Halloween dance. So it's a costume party. So you can check that out. Uh, it's $5 for members, $10 for non-members. Um, at the Florence Center on the 23rd, uh, over there off of uh, Bondison Street, uh, there's a 
you can go to the library down there. It's off of North 30. It's far down there, almost down by the Mormon Bridge. So they're going to have an evening activities, snacks, refreshments uh, provided. And I believe that it's free. You just got to register on the website because it doesn't say anything about how much it is. Um, and you got a spooktacular event on the 26th from 10.30 a.m. to noon at Saddlebrook Community Center, 148th and Laurel. So you're out there. Uh, not so spooky haunted house. We got some story time, obstacle course, a bounce house, and it's actually free. And then Benson is going to have a boo bash, and that's on the 26th also, and that's from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. So if you don't want to go way out to uh, Saddlebrook, uh, you can go to the Benson Community Center off of 60th and Maple. They're going to have some games, a bounce house, and then some refreshments. And then you got a trunk or treat that's going to be at the Montclair Community Center off of 135th, uh, off the of South 135th, from 5.30 to 7.00. So basically, trunk or treat uh, is just going to be some outdoor activities. Make sure the kitties is dressed up. And then you got trunk or treat on the 30th of October from 6 to 8 at my old stomping grounds at Adams uh, Community Center. That's off of 32nd and John Creighton Boulevard. So they're going to have some, uh, the fire engine's going to be there. They're going to have some games, some crafts, and then you can register your boy or your, your little girl for the best costume. And that's free. And that's for ages two and five, the contest is. But the trunk or treat is free. So you're going up there, the fire department will be up there handing out candy, have some games and shit like that. Then you got Tiny Tot Halloween. That's at another one of my stomping grounds at A.V. Sorensen, October 30th. 10 30 a.m to noon um so it's uh, partnered with the omaha public library so you can enjoy an exciting story time and have some games crafts and a bounce house for ages five and under and this is a free event all right so i just wanted to put that out there because a lot of times people be trying to look for stuff uh for their little ones to do um you know for some fall activities and it's also posted up on the do rags and boat shoes facebook page make sure you like that I know a few of y'all have been seeing the sponsor ads on uh, Facebook and Instagram for uh, do-rags and boat shoes. Just go ahead, click like, like the page. Um, I appreciate all the new followers. Um, and I've seen a couple new followers looking kind of funny in the light. So I'm going to see if some of them are like some, some suspected white supremacists. I know a couple of them. I kind of did the demographics like 18 to like 45, but I did like freedom fighters, like... Um, people who like justice and you know um, social justice uh, black lives matter um, people who are you know all about pushing the culture forward and standing up and doing forwards right but i had a couple of folks that liked the page and they popped up and they had a couple of confederate flags so i'm, I'm keeping an eye on them accounts but anyways i'm gonna leave it to my man hove Still looking funny in the light with that goddamn NFL deal, but uh, talk to these people, ho. Don't be the next get tested on that summer jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. All right, thank you so much, Tyrone Biggums, for that lovely intro of selling hope like dope. Um, we have to give it to the um, LGBT community for you know going back to a tried and true method that they've been doing since about i'm gonna say 2007 2008 when prop 8 was on the uh, ballot out there in california uh with the myth uh spreading this myth and this lie that the black community is homophobic or transphobic right so right now you have 
um, black folks really kind of getting on the same page, even if we have minor differences in uh, thoughts, uh, speech, upbringings, whatever. But we most of us are agreeing that this election cycle, uh, if there is a candidate who doesn't have a black agenda, then he's not going to get our black ass vote. Right. And what we're seeing is these uh, folks running around here, you know, with the rainbow flag, uh, wagging their fingers, shaming black folks, trying to say that black folks are homophobic. Now, the definition of homophobia is the dislike of or prejudice against homosexual people. Now, it's been proven that black folks, they do support our black lgbts and the rest of the letters in that flag we do support them when it comes to terms of uh you know facing discrimination and prejudice you know there's there's been many studies about that the thing that we're seeing right now is black folks really don't give two shits about who you lay down with because we don't the problem is you keep on trying to create a boogeyman there like like we're anti-gay or anti-trans or anti-lesbian or whatever so there's this myth that keeps on coming out saying that the you know the black community is homophobic or you know how it is in the hood like they had Lil Nas X on the shop that's LeBron James show on HBO and they're all in the barbershop having barbershop talk conversations. And so they asked Lil Nas X about coming out. And then um, Kevin Hart chimes in and is just like, so what? It's just like, you're bigger than what than you have to explain yourself. That's what he was trying to tell him. Like, it, it wasn't, I'm not dismissing your sexuality and your identity um, you sh- you should be dismissive when having to explain yourself to people. You're too big for that. You know, you're this huge artist. You have, you know, the number one song on Billboard. You don't have to explain yourself to anybody. Just keep doing your thing and keep rocking. You know what I'm saying? It should be totally up to you if you want to disclose that information. And I totally agree with that. You know what I'm saying? And so people took that as a homophobic treatment. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they think they thought that Kevin Hart was being very dismissive. But this myth, you, we're seeing everything comes back, you know, in cycles. It always comes back. So right now, we're talking about um, homophobia in the black community, this myth of, right? So this all started with an article back in 2008. This is about, about as far back as I can remember about homophobia in the black community by making black folks the face of it. There was a playwright or a guy who uh yeah i think a playwright his name is dan savage he's a gay activist and a playwright and he lied and he was talking about exit poll numbers that said that 70 over 70 percent of blacks voted for proposition 8 back in 2008 now you know that was the one to i think it reversed the gay marriage decision out there in uh, california but then it got reversed because it was found unconstitutional but then the unconstitutional ruling didn't take effect until 2013 out there in california so dan savage 
you know, came out, wrote this article, and one of the quotes in the article, and I'm a, you know, this is kind of big uh, coming from him, and it says, pretending the handful of racist gay white men out there, now peep the words, he just said handful, you know, just like it's a tiny few of racist gay white men out there, right? So he says, pretending the handful of racist gay white men out there are a, a bigger problem for African Americans, gay and straight, than the huge numbers of homophobic African Americans are for gay Americans, whatever their color. So he's basically minimizing racist gay white men uh, as being a threat to the black community as a whole, gay or straight. Then he says huge numbers of homophobic African Americans for gay Americans. So then he, he throws in other groups of gay Americans, just, you know, no matter their color, right? So then in actuality, when you look at those Prop 8 numbers, it was 58% of blacks that voted for Prop 8, followed by 53% of Latinos. And then coming up the rear, there was 49% of whites, right? Interesting. So about a nine point swing, right? So then around that time, um, before Pew Research poll showed that though know, there was some black opposition to gay marriage was down to 49% from 2004 uh, when it was 67%. So this was back in like 2008, 2009 when uh, former President Barack Obama came out in support of gay marriage, right? So it went down, it shot down, you know, by 18 points. And um, no, no, that was about 2000, 2007. So notably that opposition actually receded more quickly after 08 when he came out and supported. And then there was a Yale study from 2008 to 2012 that saw non-white LGBTs uh, compared to white LGBTs vote lower for marriage equality. Right. So these are, you know, uh, LGBTs that's not white. They actually voted lower um, for um, marriage equality. So it was over 70 percent of whites strongly agreed to, uh, you know, having a right to be married to 33 percent of non-whites. And what's interesting is that study found that the reason being is the historical legacy of marriage uh, with this underlying foundation of ownership, right? So they looked at it like you just owning another person, which actually being married is just a, a creating a union and you have a partner for life to build something with, right? Um, let's see here. And the experience of being forgotten and being, you know, shoved between the civil and gay rights movements and the ongoing segregation of LGBT spaces, uh, specifically the nightlife scene. So they didn't see themselves um, at the time finding a partner. And even today, brothers and sisters in the LGBTQ will tell you how segregated and racist the dating scene is. Majority of whites only use blacks for like sex or, you know, hookups. You know, after President Obama came out, like I said, be before in support of gay marriage, blacks fell right in line behind him. OK, but today we're kind of seeing that same sentiment come back in full swing, even though uh, let me pull up the numbers for the uh, Pew Research Group. Um, let's see here. So right now in 2019, um, let's see here. Let me pull it up by race. Y'all bear with me here. 
So now in uh, 2019, you have 58% of Hispanics in favor of gay marriage, uh, white folks at 62%, and then black folks at 51% who are in favor of it. But there's also another study um, that showed that was done in the mid 2000s that showed that um, even though black folks were a lower number of you know supporting uh, gay marriage, they were also they were actually a higher number in uh, you know anti discrimination uh, laws that would support gay folks, you know people in the LGBT. And the thing is. So then it turns into, well, Adrian, what the fuck you trying to get at, right? Um, the thing is, most black folks just don't care who you lay down with. They don't. They don't give two fucks. Like, let's flip it, right? So if you see a brother with a white woman or Hispanic woman or, you know, a non-black woman, nobody gives a fuck until he opens his mouth and says some silly shit like, oh, these Hispanic girls evolving. You black women better tighten up. You know, they don't say they don't because they don't give a fuck. We don't we don't give a fuck. You know, nobody gives a fuck about my marriage at all. Like nobody throws that shit in my face at all. So then so then it becomes an issue once that said brother or myself says something stupid or coonish like that. Right. So then you go back. So it's the same. It's the same logic with a brother that's with another brother or a sister that's with another sister or a brother with a trans uh woman you know what i'm saying it's the same logic oh he's doing him okay that ain't none of my business you know what i'm saying that's the thought process right there but in the minds of some of these weak ass people some of these weak ass youngins that we have out here that that's anti-gay right there if you don't care about it it's just like all right do your thing right and then they try to inflate these numbers like there's some sort of like black man out here that's a serial killer towards black trans women and then my thing is how come we're not saying this is like lgbt on lgbt crime right because that would sound fucking stupid but if you put a black man as the face of it and you try to pawn him off as straight, then it's just like, oh, look at this toxic masculinity. Look at this unhithered Negro out here, you know, killing all these trans women. So you need to send my organization some money. It's the same fucking script that white feminists use, who they even use to this day. You go back and listen to the end of the Summer Jam screen when I was talking about how um, Gloria Allred and uh, Lisa Bloom you know made black men the face of me too you know why protecting white predators all along and trying to represent victims in the so-called me too movement when it was a black perpetrator right so if you put that black face out there them dollars come rolling in from the right and the left so this is what we're seeing here again and i honestly feel like this is going to you know kind of deter black folks or it's trying to deter black folks from you know seeking the reparations debate and actually having a black agenda you know being brought to the forefront you know in these debates that's coming up right now so help me out that's what i'm trying to figure out i'm just i just want to know what the fuck is going on here with our brothers in the rainbow coalition you see what i'm saying because I, I was watching that Tiffany Haddish um, stand up and it, and it was her. She put a whole bunch of her people on that she came up with. And there was a there's a guy 
a trans woman but he still like he had kids and some other shit like he had these big ass titties but he still had he still had kids he was funny as fuck but he even called out the the his own fellow lgbt members by saying you know they up here wilding out and doing all this silly shit trying to get noticed but ain't bringing that heat and attention to someone like ed buck who was out here literally killing gay black men out here you see what i'm saying so there's nobody has that same energy but then when we start talking about ed buck and shit like that it turns into a deflection like either stay the fuck out of uh gay business you know lgbt business you ain't got no rights into it or it turns into a deflection of like well look at all these trans women is dying it's just like no well look at this fucking democratic donor who's up here ODing men on meth and just walking out here scot-free right because it just don't fit the narrative ain't shit gonna happen if it's a white man that you put as the boogeyman who's actually you know committing murders out here serial murders you know getting these homeless gay black men and putting them up in their house and shooting them up with meth and having them ODing and dying in his uh his apartment you know what i'm saying so then it becomes a situation where it's like oh well, why are you deflecting about ed buck it's like no it's just showing that the black community does care about our gay brothers and sisters nobody should be out here dying in these damn streets and then there's always that myth that um black uh queer people and black women fight the hardest for black men and every single march i've been to every single think tank i've been to every single um like a mentor type program and things like that with neighborhoods associations and things of that sort there's always a bunch of brothers there so i'm like where is this myth coming from where the fuck is this coming from that's what i don't get like how are people out here just blatantly lying just blatantly lying there are brothers out here who be in the streets doing that work for the community right every single march that i've been to since fucking what 2000 since trayvon martin got killed uh may he rest in peace i've seen a ton of brothers at different you know marches and rallies and community meetings and it's so it's fascinating to me like why are we still you know regurgitating false talking points from white liberals and uh suspected white supremacists it is just so anti-black and it's disgusting to me it is very disgusting to it it literally makes me sick to my stomach that we are out here falsifying saying that the black community as a whole black men and women are homophobic and that's not just the case black folks just like yo I, I just don't care like just do your thing like go ahead do your thing you know i'm over here doing my thing you do yours most most folks in the black community we in a rat race we trying to make ends meet you know what i'm saying and we just trying to take care of our own now if you say you need some help motherfuckers gonna come and help you you know what i'm saying don't start you know try to demonize us and then try to educate it don't work like that with us because we gonna turn you off smooth the fuck off or we're gonna get defensive that's just what it breaks down to so don't 
falsely demonize us and then try to get all these funds talking about you educating but you really just out here cashing out and that's what a lot of these uh, organizations are doing by having black folks be the face of homophobia and it's just not fucking right and you see more protections for um for our gay brothers and sisters which is dope and it should happen so they're being protected under hate crime laws and shit of that source but what you think gonna happen if we continue uh allowing this false narrative that the black community is homophobic with these new protections intact exactly you're gonna have a wave of black folks being hit with uh the hate crime time you know what i'm saying that's what it's just going to boil down to you know what i'm saying so that's what i'm that's what is going to you know morph into and that's what i have a huge fucking problem with is the false uh demonizing of us saying this and then there's going to be those new protections and them new laws coming in place and then they're going to make us the face of it and then you're going to have more black folks just swept up in it and you know what's going to happen in five to ten years just like what happened with our parents and grandparents had nothing but regret for you know um uh, supporting bill clinton's goofy ass when he uh implemented that crime bill him and joe biden and the rest of them so-called liberals when they introduced that crime bill that swept up and got most of our fathers our uncles our brothers our cousins got them sitting in the joint now to this day you see what i'm saying brothers coming home from serving you know 20 uh 20 to 30 years for having some fucking crack rock or something like that just because it ain't in powdered form you know what I'm saying? Or they got locked up over some weed. I found like Stephen A. Smith weed, you know, but that's what's going to happen if we allow this to uh, manifest and brew and grow and uh, fester into something. And then, you know, five, 10, 15 years from now, you know, we're going to be in our, you know, late 40s, early 50s and um, late 40s, uh, early 50s talking about, uh, you know what? we really wasn't homophobic it was just trying to you know trying to garner support you know for this law and yada 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 i didn't know that they was going to sweep up black men and women like this i didn't know it was going to run through the black community like this right it's just going to decimate the black community and that's what i foresee uh that's going to happen if we allow it so let me know what you think um hit me up you know the email you know the uh tags and everything like that but y'all really have to chill that is nothing more than selling hope like dope a lot of these people out here sound like white supremacists with these talking points this portion of do rags and boat shoes has been brought to you by the letter l as in hey yo my guy my hands are full give me a hand here can you hold this l Alright, before we start holding this L, I have to double back because news just broke that your man Ed Buck has been arrested. Uh, so I was, you know, was talking some shit during that uh, good old selling hope like dope about the myth of the uh, black community being uh, homophobic. And it looks like there was another brother at Ed Buck's home who OD'd, but he survived. So now, um, the I guess the uh, L.A. County uh, prosecutor been watching Ed Buck closely after he got got off for uh, killing uh, that brother Tim Timothy and Jimmo. Uh, killing them two brothers you know making them od off of meth so then the third guy od so now they trying to get him for running the drug house and some other charges um his bail has been set at about four million dollars and then um he only faces a maximum of like five years and like a few months which sucks right um but we'll see what happens once this trial starts because i believe 
um, you know, the defense, the defense attorneys will probably pull, pull out the big guns, you know, saying that he donates to these LGBTQ organizations. He donates to, you know, these political uh, um, figures and shit like that. And I know that that's going to pretty much reduce his sentence. So we'll see what happens. All right. But holding this L, uh, we have to give it to that revolt summit. Uh, you know, everybody was uh, posting that T.I. and Candace Owens clip, you know, like, look how T.I. just read Candace Owens and all this other shit. My thing is, and then uh, they showed, then there was that other clip. I watched, The full thing is up on YouTube now. Um, and then I love what Killer Mike was talking about, how to weaponize your vote and how both of them uh ti and candace was just arguing about who, who was the best master like that that was pretty much what they were doing you know obama did this trump did this you know and shit like that and candace owens why was she even at that revolt summit she is literally a black white supremacist she is a white supremacist with a black face that's all she is and an opportunist you see how she used kanye west and kanye was kind of pissed about that and um you know she made them t-shirts and that kind of catapulted her up you know um towards the you know the the right wing uh being the negro mascot over people like jesse lee peterson and them uh them two mammies them two bunny ruckuses uh what's them women's name uh diamond and silk you know who be out there mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I'm gonna stomp the Trump and you know and shit like that and uh, then white folks just be laughing at them at them rallies and shit like that and so that's what I was just trying to figure out what was the point of her being there because when she was speaking she was just speaking in circles that's all she was doing and most folks was looking at her like why the fuck are you even here so I'm trying to figure out who at revolt was just like oh let's get Candace Owens over here like what the fuck was that about like literally what the fuck was that about because that was just goofy as hell just silly goofy nonsensical it doesn't it, it's you literally had a white supremacist sitting up there on that panel like it made no sense now i could see if it was somebody who thought outside the box somebody who was radical and somebody with you know that had a different kind of point of view but this lady is literally all about white supremacy that's it at the end of the day that's all she's about so that didn't make any fucking sense and some of those uh shooters listened to uh candace owens you know they listed her in their in, uh, in their manifestos too i don't know how many of it might have just been one but still uh, just with her thought pattern and uh her speech it influenced somebody to uh do some shooting and shit like that um and also Let's see who else has to hold this L. We have to give it to uh, your man Takashi Six Nine. Um, I'm reading some of these Twitter threads about how he was talking about how them Treyway niggas taught him the hand signs. Who was the general, like the grandpa, the the triple OG from up top all the way down to the bottom? He is just singing like a damn bird, and he showed the handshake and everything. And I am going to tell my niggas out here in these streets uh if you have a non-black person in your clique or your gang and they come from they ain't up out that struggle even if they are in that struggle you look at them sideways if you out here getting that funny money you know that hand-to-hand tax-free money you need to watch niggas like that you know what i'm saying 
it's you know i'm not trying to be a bigot or a racist or anything like that um you just we've seen so many stories like this remember that rich white boy who was up here doing drive-bys with them crips out there in california and he got to singing like a bird he had a prominent black lawyer too who actually got him off but the other guys who was in the car doing a drive-by shooting i think they're the ones who was actually facing time but that man got up there singing like a bird too you know what i'm saying out here snitching and doing all this other shit to, was playing dumb like he didn't know they was about to go do a drive-by and shit like that you know what i'm saying these people hop up in these little cliques running around with niggas and shit thinking that uh you know they trying to get a rush and all this other stuff and then shit gets real not realizing that the not realizing that the clique you running with is trying to survive they doing this shit out of necessity because of the upbringing and the circumstances and dealing with racism white supremacy that's what drives you into being in a gang and getting that hand-to-hand money just trying to get a piece of the pie and then flip legit but you can't just have these people running around with you for a fucking thrill that's all that was takashi 69 was an internet gangster and we've seen this far too many times there was a clip that was circulating around on um on was it last year it's probably real it's about last year of uh the first 48 this white boy got bumped up and he kept on talking about um he was talking to the uh to the detective he was like i'm just you know i'm just a white guy regular white guy i'm trying to be like you you know what i'm saying but he was out here running around banging and shit with niggas you know running around through the hood banging and shit like that if you have a non-black person in your clique you keep that motherfucker off to the side you don't do any hand-to-hand transactions you don't do no dirt in front of him if you want to come through and supply the weed and the drink that's cool that's fine he wants to bring some ladies around that's fine but when y'all out here hustling and getting it you know you leave that motherfucker back at the country club where he came from you know what i'm saying or leave him back in you know in his trailer home where he was at you know what i'm saying you don't 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 fuck around like that shit you even look at goddamn uh freeway rick his fucking plug was working for the fucking CIA. You know how fucking dirtball that shit is? You know what I'm saying? This was another non-black person. You know what I'm saying? And Freeway Rick thought he could, you know, fuck with this guy. And then Freeway Rick got up out the game. Was doing his rec center shit. And then all of a sudden, the connect calls him back like, yo, I can get you back in the game. Here's, a, I can give you a key. You know what I'm saying? A few keys. Like, oh shit, okay, let's get back to it. Because this shit ain't for me. And it was just a fucking setup to get him back in prison and for the uh, the fucking uh, CIA operative to uh, get less jail time or whatever happened to fuck with him. You know what I'm saying? You can't be trusting, you know, folks. I know we like to say all uh, skin folk ain't kin folk, but, you know, non-skin folk ain't kin folk either when it comes to getting that hand-to-hand money. So, Takashi 69 you have to hold this L. Get your man. You win. Perfect. All right, so moving on to not all heroes wear capes. Before we get started, uh, did y'all see that uh, Sandy Hook uh, back to school commercial? I don't know who made it. I don't know if it's actually, uh, uh, you know, actually for back to school or something or somebody's just trying to make a statement piece, Uh, but it's very disturbing. But I guess that needs to happen for people to get serious about back to school shootings. But it's like, uh, you know, kids talking about, you know, oh, I got this backpack. And then it shows a little black boy with his backpack walking off. 
And then, you know, these new shoes, little kid running around some shoes. And then the girl talks about she got a new sweatshirt and she's using her sweatshirt to tie the door shut because there's a school shooter in there. And then there's a little girl with some scissors and a little boy with some pencils. They ready to stab a motherfucker, you know, if he come through the door. Then the little uh, boy with a skateboard and he bashing out the window so they can escape. And then uh, the last scene is like a girl got a new cell phone. She texting, I love you, mom. And you hear the footsteps coming in the bathroom and come kill her. I'm like, this is some disturbing shit. Very disturbing. Uh, but it's making its rounds on social media. I feel like it's tasteless. Uh, but, you know, this is what needs to happen, you know, for people to get serious about uh, their children. And like I said back before in the Summer Jam screen, who are the majority of school shooters? Exactly. All right. And these mass shootings that's going on. So we need to start looking at white parents. But moving on to not all heroes wear capes. We have to give it to Crab Kings. It's finally open. Uh, they've been posting on um the Omaha, their Omaha Facebook page for a minute now, um, and people were just talking about, well, I don't think this is really going to happen, and Crab Kings is basically um, a restaurant. There's one down in Houston, down there in Texas, and there's one in KC, too, down in Kansas City. So it's just basically a restaurant that serves, you know, like crab, lobster, fish, shrimp, sausage, you know, with the sides like corn, potatoes, coleslaw, and french fries and shit like that. You know how you see niggas on Instagram talking about uh, yeah, I could be the next chef and I do chef stuff and they always got a picture of like a crab boil and they got like too much parsley all over it, you know what I'm saying? There's some big ass pieces of corn and shit and you're like, that shit probably trash. But from the reviews I've seen from Black Omaha on Facebook, Crab Kings looks like it's legit, fairly good priced and you get a lot of food, a ton of food. Most people say that, you know, uh, they don't even finish their food in one sitting and the line has been around the block so this shit must slap so i'm gonna definitely try to check it out maybe this weekend i'm not a huge crab fan but i'll fuck up some shrimp and some fish though um yeah and if they got some andouille sausage to slap i will fuck that up too so shout out to crab kings and shout out to them um they're down there off of uh 31st and farnham over there in midtown where the old uh gray plume was at you know down there by um alamo draft house so they're on that side and they're open let me look this up looks like they open on sundays 11 a.m to 7 p.m and then monday through saturday 11 a.m to 10 p.m so shout out to them for creating jobs here and uh bringing some diversity in food here too because it's we have so many of these fucking like uh americana type restaurants here in omaha and it's always um some fucking uh, artisanal spin on some shit, you know, like the the fucking uh, uh, it's like the it, you go on the inside and it's nothing but wood and like old iron and shit like that. You get so tired of that, and they got that live love life shit written on the walls, and they got them exposed uh, light bulbs hanging from the ceiling and shit, and they're trying to put their own spin on classic favorites. I get so fucking tired of that. Just cook some good fucking food and don't charge me fucking nineteen dollars for fucking three meatballs that you done stuffed with some peppers and some sausage and some cheese and shit and you done put 
your own spin on a meatball sub, but it don't come with bread. Like, get the fuck out of here. So I'm happy to see a new restaurant, you know, come to the city that's just, okay, this is what we do seafood. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And then the inside from the pictures I've seen, it ain't got that bullshit ass metal and wood look, that gentrified look. You know what I'm saying? And these, I think these are all over the goddamn country. I'm so tired of seeing restaurants with that fucking design with all that wood and that fucking rusted out iron and shit like that it's just some bullshit just stop just stop please stop <laughs> but let me go ahead and move on so let's move on to health health over wealth and you know what i say without your health you cannot enjoy your wealth so i saw this meme this inspirational type meme on slim thugs instagram page and i felt like i needed to read it to y'all because you know we're creeping up we're towards the end of the year we still getting our shit together we still chasing our goals that we set from the beginning of the year and like i said every day is a new day so you know you don't have to wait to the top of the year to set new goals but you know if some of y'all is getting cold there's a lot of hobosexuals out there there's a lot of motherfuckers trying to get chose and y'all know what a hobosexual is hopefully y'all listen to that old bumpers episode i should have saved that data too from that old ass bumpers episode that i did uh from that uh now defunct app uh that they were trying to uh pay me for but um so a hobosexual is pretty much a person that's homeless that's only trying to you know they ain't really got their shit together but they trying to get right with you because snow is about to hit the ground and it's about to get a little chilly outside so they're gonna drop some dick off or you know it could be a female she dropping some pussy off to you you know what i'm saying just for a warm place to lay her head and use your wi-fi or if it's a fella the only thing he got is a pair of dusty ass jays in his ps4 and a copy of 2k20 that he didn't finesse out of somebody from dropping some dick off you know what i'm saying so if y'all feeling lonely and you still chasing these goals stay on your grind and this is what the meme said and this is what made me think of the family out there who's doing their thing but they on that single tip it says don't chase anyone get your shit together you'll run into them later let me say that one more time don't chase anyone get your shit together you'll run into them later that is, that is the God's honest truth. And for my folks out there who, you know, in their late 20s to mid 30s, you know, they feel like, oh, shit, it's too late for me to do, be doing this, that, and the third. Slow your roll. Work on your shit. And somebody's amazing is going to come into your life. It always happens like that when you focus on yourself. You know, you start putting out that positive energy out there. You start putting out them wealthy vibes. You know what I'm saying? You know, them wealthy vibes is... I want y'all to think uh, about like tax return season. You know, when you get, you know, if you got a child or you pay too much in taxes, you know, you get a few grand back. But if you got a kid, you know, you got maybe about four grand back, three, you know, two to four grand back. And you have that money just sitting. You say you put it in your savings account. So you had that money sitting in there. Tell me your energy ain't different when you got that, when you got some commas sitting in your, your bank account. We got four digits sitting in there. Your energy is so much different. You know what I'm saying? You know, you finding money every fucking where, you know, you out strolling out and about on your way to walk into Starbucks to get a coffee. You look down on the ground. There's a fucking ten dollar bill right there. Or there was some kind of mishap on your paycheck and your paycheck is an extra, you know, two hundred dollars or something like that. You always find money when you're 
uh, when you have that kind of positive energy out there. And it's the same thing. Uh, that's what that wealthy energy I'm talking about. But don't go chasing after no Negro. Don't go chasing after no broad. Continue to work on yourself. And when you're working on yourself, you'll start moving up into elite circles and you'll find somebody compatible. All right. So this has been episode 163 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. I have nothing but love and respect for all y'all out there. And I will catch y'all next week and be on the lookout for a mini pod. I'll probably drop that sometime next week. All right. One.